guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Fight the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And <laughs> <laughs> how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of the SRP. Today's a kind of a unique episode you're going to hear interview-wise. And also the intro, outro, we're not joined today by Gibber. Kari is actually... Oh, I know. <laughs> we're missing Gibber here. We do miss him. Kari actually made the trek on Saturday from Thunder Bay, drove into Oakville on Saturday. What is it? 20... How, how many hours, Rex? Uh, 14 to Oakville. 14 hours. So we've spent a couple of days together, had a couple beers. But what's happening, Kari? How are you? Uh, what's happening, Cole? Uh, first off, thanks for hosting me in the last two nights. I really appreciate that. He's been a gracious host, uh, just like you'd expect. Cold beers in the fridge, uh, dinner supplied, and breakfast supplied every morning. Big time. Uh, he's, he's the ultimate teammate, and I appreciate that. So thank you, Cole. Uh, we do miss Gibber on our intro, which is unfortunate. Uh, he's a nice addition, uh, but we have some things to talk about because I'm down in the area, and we're playing golf this week against Gibber. Tomorrow, uh, specifically, yeah, one time. We'll get to that a little bit because I've played some golf up until then. Uh, first off, let's talk about your round yesterday, Call, because like I know you're a modest human being, let's, but like break it down a little bit. You know, so I got the invite out to the Nest. Uh, the Nest is a new golf course. I've been two years old out in Innisfil. Some guys I play hockey with, remember, or one guy I play hockey with is a member out there. So I technically got the out. second invite too, right? Like if there yes. was a fifth guy, if there's five sums, I would have been there. You would have been there. And okay. you know what? We actually played in a five-some hour group. Oh, that makes me sick. So I, I that, that makes me the sixth member of the group, unfortunately. <laughs> well, there was three groups. So you had like a decent amount of guys. And I never... <laughs> way down uh, there. Way down I, there. You're way down the list. That's all right. But I never played the golf course. Never even heard of it. But it's in a... Like, Innisfil is a beautiful uh, little like small town and kind of like Muskoka area by Barrie. For those like in Canada, for those in the U.S., you have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's completely fine. But by the water, like near a marina, golf courses, mint, show up, new clubhouse, get to the range. You know this, Rick. Okay, you get to the range. First of all, they're supplying you with nice Titleist golf balls. That's a check mark number one. Plus two out of ten right away. Actually, right? yeah, plus two handicaps so far. Exactly. Yeah. Next is on the range beautiful hitting area with grass because it's new and you're hitting into greens check mark number two another plus one so they're plus three handicap right now you haven't hit a golf ball on the course yet they're plus haven't hit one yeah then you know how like we're taking carts like you take the clubs out of the bag like take a few with you and like they have those like club stands so you rest your clubs on i don't cart call okay so you you go to the range you got those little rest areas if you're a yogi you don't have a (laughs) kickstand you rest your bag on it (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah. so that's the ultimate what's your handicap right there mm. i'll say that but in the like on those each person each hitting stall is allocated a, a like a nice white alignment stick another plus three so we're at a plus six cap right now this is like a, a pga tour caliber golf course in my opinion it, it is yeah beautiful putting green awesome setting first hole i posted on instagram so you guys would have seen it awesome golf course 
I played great, so I can't really say too much about hey, it. Hey, you're it's pure. It looked good. <laughs> it uh, looked good, but I played some good golf. Hit the hit the driver phenomenally. Probably I've hit the driver well all year, but it was just pretty automatic. Front nine was rough, but on the back nine, I finished with four feathers on my last six holes. So that got the round to a nice 69, which felt good. I felt good about it. Yeah, fantastic number. But like, okay, for the, the people that don't listen, Colin's very modest when he talks about his game. The guy's <laughs> flat out player. He, yes, he shot 69. He birdied four of the last five, if I'm not mistaken, to get there. Um, and when I saw him like before our dinner last night or whatever, I'm like, oh, well, how'd you hit it? He looks at me, he's like, I cannot miss the driver right now. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of this week, uh, uh, hopefully I'm his teammate tomorrow. I'm playing against him on Friday. That's a scary, uh, scary sight for call going forward. Um, but yeah, phenomenal player. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you hit the driver like you can. Uh, come, uh, I know. come tomorrow morning, yeah, I play- guess. We're playing tomorrow, but also on Saturday, we, for those listening, we had some dinner, but we went our separate wares on Sunday morning. I went to the nest. And Rick's ended up at uh, Norfolk. I went to my uh, so I my my family. I don't have family members at golf, so I called the Mitchell family my golf family. Uh, so we got Brett. Obviously, I played with him at Brock University. Hell of a player. Just finished uh, top five in the mid am uh, in Ontario. Which he like the guy could have won it. We won't get into that conversation. But I don't play against Brett. So Brett plays with his old man Doug, who's a legend. Once fired like a twenty eight on the front nine at Norfolk. Uh, country club which is fantastic brett hasn't shot that low and i play i play with his brother mike um so we have a juggernaut matchup like i'm lucky it's covid because like there would have been galleries out there we get there we know brett's playing well i'll, t- I'll talk about the round quickly um we know brett's playing well me and mike are up against the ropes by the first key shot for sure um first hole uh brett hits into three feet um his his uh dougie's just off the green his old man Chips in, birdie. Brett misses his putt. So they're one up. Or sorry, Mikey birdies on top of him, so we're even. So I'm like, okay. Uh, Dougie birdie, Mikey uh, birdied. We're all square going to the next one. Next hole, Brett's old man hits it two inches. Oh, par three. Like almost aces it. Actually, Brett celebrated it, but he's a little bit on the – he's vertically vertically challenged, so I saw a dig go in. Uh, So they go one up. Next hole, 15 foot downhill slider dougie rolls it in go starts birdie 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 on us so we're two down we fire we claw our way back through the match we 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 turn at one down in the match um we we all square after i birdie 11 or something like that me and me and parts which is brett we we both eagle 13 to keep the match all square and then the wheels fell off the putter unfortunately it's been a trend i kind of putted like shit today in on southern southern ontario greens I, for some reason, can't quite get the pace yet. Like, they keep rolling out on downhill putts. Um, so, we had a great match. Unfortunately, we finished one down. And then, uh, yeah, they, but the game's somewhat tight. Like, it's okay. I, I'm driving it average, but I think there's a solution to that. And uh, I'm ready to go for tomorrow. I also played today at Rockway Vineyards with a buddy, Kyle. Correct who's a, a listener of the podcast. He's a fantastic guy. This is his breakdown. He, we're like walking up 16. We haven't talked about the podcast all day. Like really, he's like, oh, how's Call's game? I'm like, oh, he shot 69. I'm like bragging for you a little bit. He's like, Colin's like the carry price of your podcast. Eh? I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, no matter how things like how rocky things get, he's always good. Just got quiet feet. He's, he's settled in the podcast. 
I love that reference. I'm flattered. I love that reference too. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that all day. I just, I, I was crying laughing when he said that or whatever. And he tossed in a couple birdies today. Like he's, he's getting more serious in the game and a little bit like in his older years or whatever. And uh, I'm staying at his house tonight. So thank you, Kyle, for hosting me. How many pints you put back today? Uh, 10, 8. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Not bad. I was, but I was like, the like spanned out over time. Uh, putter yeah. was average. Like I, I three putted like at least five times today. I think I showed seventy eight. How many three putts have you had? I just been. I don't know. I had two eagle putts and I three putted both of them. That's all right. You know what? You'll rebound tomorrow. For those listening, right? It's a, it's going to be releasing on a Wednesday, but the day before Tuesday, we're playing a match. Kari and I against Jacko Gibber. We're missing Gibber here. We are missing Gibber, first of all, and his uh, brother-in-law. But it should be a good match. And then we, we're also playing Friday. But enough about us. Let's uh, let's talk maybe a little bit about the Corrales. Oh, yes. So we had a PGA Tour event. The, the One of the courses that I didn't end up playing, unfortunately, in Dominican. Uh, our, eventually win, our eventual winner, sorry, I, haven't, I didn't watch any coverage this week. Uh, Hudson Swafford uh, ended up finishing a uh, shot to three under in the last day. Ended up shooting 18 under, winning uh, winning by one over uh, McCumber. And then our boy, Mackenzie Hughes, who was runner-up for last year, also fired 16 under. He was a uh, solo third. Yeah, it looked like he had a chance to win. He bogeyed his last hole, so he didn't finish the way he kind of wanted to finish. I think he had two bogeys on his last five, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So he was right in the mix, and I know he kind of po- he mentioned on Twitter he was a little bit disappointed in his finish, but... I mean, your T3, second event of the year. He's in real good place for the FedEx Cup again. Start and the then uh, your uh, your sleeper pick, Will Zalatoris, fired seven deep in the last round to shoot 12 under T8. Like I can play, Will. obviously. Will. He's back in the field again this week. We'll, we'll talk about it, but he's back in the field again this week. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it after our interview today. But uh, Will Zalatoris might never start again on the Corn Ferry Tour if he keeps finishing on right? Because top 10s get you into the next event. I, I'm pretty sure that's the way the fall season works as well. And, uh, yeah, look for him on the next leaderboard and look for a call to pick him as uh, his favorite this week. 100%. And you know another player who I guarantee if they got a start would be a PGA Tour member tomorrow is a guy who finished second on the Corn Ferry Tour. Again, our boy Pendy, another second place. That's four second place finishes in 2020. So, one, beautiful transition. Two, there's not an SRP podcast that goes by, Gibber excluded, that we don't yes. mention Penrith for some weird reason. Um, uh, so, they, yeah, Corn Ferry is in Wichita, uh, finished solo second. We t- Me and Cole were talking on the golf course the other day, or no, at your condo the other, other day because we haven't played golf. Um, but uh, if he was playing on the PGA Tour right now, he would be notching top five steady and he'd be setting himself up for a 2021 FedEx Cup run. 100%. Agree on that? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I, it, we haven't made a bold prediction in forever. We kind of talked about this. I'm going to make my bold prediction is the first year Pendy is a full time PGA Tour member, he is going to be in the Tour Championship. Very hot take. And I'll have to think about that one to agree with it. It's hot, but look at the run this guy's on. He finishes top 20s like it's garbage for him. And that's like so sad to say, but he's, he's <laughs> I, second on the money list without a win. And I, that's unheard of even in the Corn Ferry Tour. You don't have a win and you're second on the money list. 
I hope anyone that listens to us like has listened to the Pedrith interview because one, we were lucky enough to get him before he like went on this a complete tear of like finishing top five on the Corn Ferry at a, at an insane rate. But two, I I will paint the picture of what Taylor Pendrith is like. Uh, we were having our podcast that sometimes it's late at night. We we all work or whatever. We're sitting around the computer, like kind of a little bit tired or whatever. Like me and Call, give her excluded. Just like, hey, let's have a beer or whatever. It's been a long day, and like Pendrith like perked up or whatever. And we were like had a sip of beer. He's like, oh. We're having beers do you guys mind if i just grab one <laughs> we're like absolutely he grabs two brings them back beside the computer for the interview and has like a couple of beers with us over the computer like that's how solid this guy is and uh right then and there i was a fan uh fan for life it doesn't matter if he hits it 300 or 350. no but the fact that he hits it 352 it makes it that much better he's just like an old farm boy eh? it's like oh. that big old defenseman that you don't want to go in this corner that's Pendrith golf version 100% he's an absolute stud but that's awesome that's awesome so uh tomorrow if I if I were to have a prediction because this will uh, come out one day after we actually stomp uh Gibber and Struves I'm saying if we're gonna play better ball match play straight up no strokes I think we're going four and three that's he that's a hot take yeah that is a hot take and um I think they'll never have a lead in the match that's another hot take. So they'll listen to this, and I might bite my tongue once it uh, once it airs, but that's okay. Oh, okay. I'll make a prediction. Okay, make one. Yeah, sure. One up. Oh, well, that's just mine. I'm going what? opposite of the hot take. We're gonna win one up. Very cold take. That was cold. That was lukewarm. <laughs> that's okay. You know what? Um, I just don't see them hanging out, hanging around. I uh, I think once. Uh, once make the turn a couple up, I think they're gonna fall off. Just like I closed out Gabriel and lost probably two matches at his own at his own course. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> awesome. Let's roll into today's interview. Uh, we're we're leaning in with Todd. He is a co-founder at Dormy Workshops. Slightly different interviews, you can tell by the title of this interview. But none, nonetheless, Todd's an awesome guy. We have uh, some stuff cooking up with Dormy, which we're releasing here at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned. We're going to be doing some stuff on social media, which is a little giveaway. I'll tease that before the interview. Um, but without further ado, let's jump right into it. Mr. Hoff, Mr. Gamer is ready for your interview. Actually, we'll be interviewing as a team. We're here to fuck shit up. Oh, that's a bit time. They to display a new sound. We're going live on stage. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of another interview here on the SRP. Uh, joined as always by Jack Kari. Today's guest, a little bit different than what you guys are used to. We're joined by the co-founder here of Dormy Workshops. Uh, you would have seen his covers used last week or this past weekend at the U.S. Open by a lot of the TaylorMade guys. They do some awesome stuff. Fellas, best head covers out there, would you say? Hands down. 100%. <laughs> yeah, hands down. Fire. It's a good answer. They're, they're amazing. They look really good. Todd loves head covers so much. He takes a piss in the morning. He's got a head cover for his toilet. Todd, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> What's <laughs> happening? How are things? Uh, Hurricane Teddy's coming, so I'm going to get some waves this afternoon. And you're uh, you're in Nova Scotia, just for people listening. Nova Scotia, right? Yep, yeah, Nova Scotia, right in Halifax. Beautiful. 
can, can yeah. we dial it, uh, dial it back a little bit uh, in the past here? And uh, I, I read on the website there, just under frequently asked questions, yourself and Jeff, who's your brother, started this company uh, not too long ago. I think the inspiration was maybe the, the 2014 Ryder Cup. Uh, for those listeners that don't know, that was the one at Glen Eagles where uh, Jamie Donaldson hit that uh, iconic iron shot to seal the matches. And you kept hearing this uh, this Dormy name, which uh, in match play, that's you have to win the holes out or you lose the match. Uh, maybe explain that inspiration to come up with one, the name. And did you guys already know you wanted to do, wanted to do head covers before uh, before obviously getting the name and the whole brand established? Well, the... Uh... We were kind of serial entrepreneurs in the fact that we had our own golf school. We had uh, played a lot of professional golf and amateur golf in the States. And so we, you know, if, if we go into something, we go all the way. So when I got out of university, I moved to Banff and got into skiing and uh, did that for six years. And then basically injured myself enough that I needed to get out of Dodge. And uh, I thought golf was the... Uh, the sport that looked like I could survive the longest. So moved to Florida and then, and my brothers are 10 and 13 years younger than me. And so they usually like Alex ended up moving out to Banff, Jeff moved to Whistler and then they both moved to Florida. Um, so we, we kind of did things um, as, as a group. And uh, when we were living in Daytona, our house uh, amongst the locals was, was known as the Canadian embassy because the uh, it was a revolving door of, of people visiting and sleeping on our couches. And um, so we, we were always, we never really had a traditional trajectory um, in terms of the corporate world. Um, we kind of rejected that type of, uh, you know, we went to university, all three of us did. But as soon as I graduated that that, that day, it was basically I handed that diploma over to, to mom and dad. And then I left for, you know, bam. So it was, <laughs> that was the end of the normal uh, situation for mom and dad thinking I was going to get a real job. And, uh, so we started, um, doing golf ball markers and they were made in Nova Scotia. They were glass. They were this fused, um, glass. It was almost as hard as a rock Like you could drop it on concrete and it wouldn't, wouldn't break. And, uh, so we did that and it actually had like a, a, a line on the middle of it to help you line up the ball that had the marker on it. And that was, we started that in like 2011 I think or 2012 but it didn't catch and we were still down in the states at this time and we started to see leather head covers coming back and the feel was was really nice and you know we carried a lot so you know just having your hand rest on them it felt different than a, a knit or any of the synthetics that are out there so the feel of them was what really grabbed our attention and then um, Jeff wanted to get some covers for himself and he was just couldn't find something that he thought was really what, uh, kind of expressing what he wanted to showcase. Um, so he, he bought a, a set kind of begrudgingly and, and wasn't happy with them. And that was kind of what uh, kicked off the, the spark and, and got us thinking, well, maybe we can do leather head covers. And I remember Jeff, uh, he propositioned me on it. I, I was like, man, that's, that's just the worst idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> I really did. And uh, then it just it just started to go. And we I mean, neither of us knew how to sew. We didn't know where to buy leather. I mean, we were using people around the city that were either tailors or they'd if you went on Kijiji, we'd look for a, a sewing service and we use them. And none of them knew how to golf. So we were just like, well, can you make something that looks like an oven mitt? And, and that was a conversation <laughs> we had over and over. 
that's that's how we started. Wow, well, that's cool. What, what was your what was your guys's like first big break? Obviously, you start the company. Maybe you don't have a lot of belief in what you're doing early on. But what was maybe the first sign that you guys were on the right track and you kind of had something? It was probably the first trade show we ever did, which was the Atlantic BGA show, and it was probably more so that the concept we were selling it was it'd be like the it'd be like if if we were car salesmen and you guys came to the car car show in Detroit. And he came to our booth. The booth would just have some tires and maybe a muffler. And we would say, man, wait till you see this car. This thing is going to be unbelievable. <laughs> and from that, we would have, you know, derived car sales. And because we only had some hides and we had um, a couple of those really bad prototypes that the, the local tailors were making that we didn't even want to show. Like it was just, they were so bad. Um, but we also had some Gosling's rump. And uh, that was basically, I think, what may have aided in more sales than the prototypes did. Because <laughs> we, were, we were serving, we called them dark and dormies. Uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> so, awesome. Uh, a lot of the guys like that. And um, so having having told the concept to our fellow pros in our, in our association and actually selling to uh, Kingswood in New Brunswick, that really put us under the gun. It was like, we now have to produce like before it was kind of like a pie in the sky kind of concept, but now it's, it's, we need you know, rubber needs to hit the road here quick. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, that wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was our big break, but it was a moment that we knew that it was something that intrigued people. And, uh, it's kind of like, uh, I feel like when the Christians were around peddling Bibles and trying to convert people, um that's what we were doing and, and just we just did this over and over it's like leather is where it's at yeah it's going to be expensive it's going to last you know 15 times longer than the junk you got on there now and it's going to fit and it's going to feel amazing and you can make it look how you want and and that was basically the pitch and and people they could they caught on to it and it took a long time for that for that curve for our uh you know i guess our you know chance of of preaching the Bible of, of leather, um, it didn't catch right, uh, right away, but it, it was a growth that we could handle. The, the It was sustainable. Yeah, and it, it seems like that's uh, keeping the, the same values that you just mentioned, keeping the company on that upward traje- trajectory. You guys haven't lost sight of that, the quality that's made you guys rise in the golf industry. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting in the last, like, what's five to ten years, um, you can look at, like, kind of the craft beer, or the IPA industry, and kind of that homemade or that different kind of taste when you talk about a generic head cover that's like your Coors Light and now you look at these craft local beers and they're taking off almost like in that same uh, in that same way but uh, the inspiration behind the designs of the head cover so yes we have a great uh, quality head cover but uh, uh, for those who haven't had a chance to go to the Dormy uh, Workshop website you have some very interesting uh, different unique designs what's the imp- inspiration behind those I know you have the the dark and dormy see how your, your your brain's working towards these designs but uh, let's even like talk about like the the tiger head cover on there well how did that come uh, to fruition yeah so a lot of it was based on feedback from customers so um, you know if 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 we think that something is going to catch fire and uh, there's kind of two ways to describe the process and and how people um, envision like a, how a cover would come to be and, and one would be they would just simply say hey i want to cover 
and I want it to be an airplane. And it's like, okay. And that's all the design that they tell us. And it's like that, that there's not a lot of IP in that, in that sentence. Like now it comes, the, the ball has been lobbed to us, our design team. They're, they're, they usually get really ticked at the salesman because it's like, well, you didn't, you didn't ask any questions of like, what do you mean they want an airplane? So sometimes we do have to go back and at least get a base color and say, well, is it a jetliner or is it going to be a biplane or like, what's, what is it? And uh, then, we, and we also work in budget. So, um, you know, we, our range, I think online starts at 75 us and I think it tops out at 530 us for one cover. So, you know, people are like, okay, that's almost double what I paid for my secondhand driver. And it's like, that's fine. We we're that's probably not the cover for you, but we, that $75 one might've been less than what you paid for your secondhand driver. Um, but in terms of that person that's at looking for the airplane driver, once we figure out their budget, then we can start to apply all the different mediums that we have. And, and as years progress, we get more and more um, that we can put into a cover. That's how our prices have gone up to hit those really high end covers that nobody else is doing because we use laser, we use um, debossing, we use uh, embroidery. And when you combine all three, you get really complicated pieces of art that are really one ofs. And um, sometimes we'll dummy dummy down one because we know that we can bring that to market. Mm-hmm. But the original Cadillac is is in that customer's hands, and you know they paid a premium for that. And then we'll we will alter and, and scale it down a bit so we can bring it to the masses at a reasonable cost. That's how a lot of it comes. Wow, so building supercars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Qu- question for you on the designs: What's the worst design anyone's come to you with? Like, is there one that stands out that's like, what does this guy want on his head cover? I saw one the other day um, that had a lot of different, it was just, there's a lot of uh, country flags. Okay. With a lot of different concepts of probably really personal details that to that person, it would be the greatest cover in in the history (laughs) of the planet because it basically is like an autobiography. (laughs) But to anybody else, it, it, it would be, you know, almost like a, a yard sale that Hurricane Teddy just ripped through and, and it would be nonsensical. So, and that, and that's where like the value when, when people um, like on social media, I've, I've been dealing with a lot of negativity with our pricing and um, you know, as a family run business and that's handmade and, and, and we are cast in the Canadian fabric. So um it's hard to not take it personally. And so we've crafted kind of a form letter to explain some of the challenges that we have and why our pricing is the way it is. And, and uh, so, you know, some people will understand that there is great value in being able to get a cover that may be a yard sale to some, but it actually explains exactly what they ever dreamed of in something that they'd want to represent when they travel around the globe with their golf clubs because that's ultimately mm-hmm. our whole reason to, to be was to be able to express yourself when you're traveling or, or when you're playing on your home course. Yeah. Super cool. Well, and I think it's a testament to you guys too. So this is, you know, you, Jeff, uh, and uh, you said your, your youngest brother, Alex are all kind of on the ground floor together. 
that you've built this place up from uh, there's the three of you to start and then now you're in a 2500 square foot operation uh and you just continue to grow and the testament is you, you know you've made head covers for wayne gretzky graham Dillette, david hearn uh paul casey i believe uh, and that, that is just going to continue to grow. And obviously, you know, now partnering with TaylorMade, you know, you've done work for Bob Vokey. Uh, so it's just, you know, you sticking to your true values is, is I think was led to your success where you, you find some people that sell out and, okay, let's ship this out to, you know, say China or Japan, try to, you know, uh, make it cheaper. Then the quality comes down and you lose control over your product. And that's one thing you and your, I think I find very, very impressive. You and your brother just will not let that happen. Uh, and you know, paying the premium for the best quality is, you know, the, that's your, your true golfer will pay that in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, as kind of the lead of sales, like Jeff, Jeff does more, uh, production sourcing and works hand in glove with design. I'm, I'm running kind of sales marketing. And, uh, so, but Jeff also does some sales, um, but certainly it, it was uh, something that we knew was important to us was trying to create the, the highest possible product that we could ever uh, come up with. So we we went to Italy uh, twice now to to the leather. There's like the world's biggest leather show there. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we really found some gold, like in terms of you go there for leather, but you end up finding all these neat like uh, snaps and zippers and different um embellishments that that can really you know when you look at the cover it's like man i've not like this i don't know how they would have ever got this and it's like well you got to do you get ben hogan was digging in the ground then we (laughs) our our secret was flying to italy Um, (laughs) (laughs) i I will flip uh colin's question have you uh received a a request from a customer where you're like wow i we can really make this a thing uh i know you talked about that's where your inspiration comes from but like what's your favorite head cover a, a customer submitted where you're like, Oh, this is going to work. Yeah. I would say that the, the best one and I, you know, being a baseball fan, um, this one was really dear to my heart because it was a, the LA Dodgers, uh, physical trainer or he was, mm-hmm. he was a physiotherapist. One, one of those two, um, could be both. Um, he ended up sending us a ball glove and he said, do you think you could tear this up and make some covers yeah. out of it? Yeah, because he had seen some of the experiential covers we've done in the past, and it was just an extension of that. So, um, you know, we've done firemen's jackets. um, I saw those as well. Soldiers' jackets, like all these neat mementos. And and so this one family heirloom um, was actually from two brothers, and it was their father's mitt, and their father passed away. And so we were able to get two full driver covers out of that. And uh, the one brother didn't know. And the other brother uh, gave it to him as a gift. And uh, so you can imagine, um, you want to talk about like a cover that represents you and expresses um, your passion to the game, but also of your family and everything else. You can really dig deep um, when it comes to finding articles like that and, and turning them into something really cool. Oh, that's awesome. I yeah. uh, I did want to get to my next part here, and uh, and we're planning on making a trip, hopefully, to Nova Scotia as a boys' trip. But I'm assuming, obviously, you and your brothers being golfers, you guys are pretty well-traveled around that province. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote a list of uh, 10 golf courses, 10 top golf courses in Nova Scotia, um, and I wanted to go through them, and I want you to pick five that are must-plays for a boys' trip. Can I oh, quickly sweet. run through them? Oh, um, yeah. 
Okay, uh, and and of course these ones are the the two most famous ones to us being from Ontario. Uh, but Cabot Cliffs and Cabot Links. If you have to play one, which one would you play? I've been playing, uh, or at least saying the Links for mm-hmm. ever since day one. Um, okay. But it was probably this year I've switched, and now I'm I'm a more of a cliff. Uh, this is a fifty-one to forty-nine percent shift, so it's not a big one. But that's an option to play us. He We're said taking both, Kari. He just said both. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah. I just switched to Cliffs. You you convinced yeah. me there. Um, is Highlands Links a must play? Like, and and I'll, I'll quote my dad in on this one. Um, it's, it's the king and queen. So he considers Highland Links as the king of Cape Breton. Okay. So, yeah. Um, I am, I would say... 50 50 either way that partially because stanley thompson design and anything stanley thompson does as a canadian everybody's really like you know you either love him i don't know anybody that hates him um, oh, do I. no so um knowing that and then just once you get up there you know you, you are literally stepping back in time your gas stations close at like five if you're lucky um there's just things that like you would never it's just so um, they're very, you know, locals are super hospitable. They really appreciate visitors and uh, they love to show off what they, what they have in their, in that neck of their woods. And um, so I would say Highland links, you could go 50, 50, like we're, we're planning on another trip up there and, and it looks like we're going to be heading to Highland links um, okay. for the well, second time this season. We'll say that's a must play then if they're going yeah. twice. Um, Fox yeah. Harbor, is that a must play? Fox Harbor is the Augusta of, of Nova Scotia. So <laughs> You're yeah. giving out too many compliments. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I remember pulling in there. I, I had a 1974 Winnebago Brave. I don't know if you know those those ones, but they, they look like a bug, like they're, they're a red box, like yeah. full straight. Yeah. But the windshield actually leans forward. That's how anti- progressive they were in terms of their aerodynamics like it, Great on fuel. the faster you go the slower it goes like it was like a, a paradigm shift of like why am i driving this thing and uh, like we used to get wind charts just to kind of plan our gas consumption because if it was downwind we were really laughing um, but i remember pulling in there the first time and and just feeling like so overwhelmed like because there's a, a gate that runs the whole way through and and you have you know there's you buzz in and then the gates open up and you can just tell just the way that it's manicured um, that they are very, like that was a really upscale. So it's the most upscale course in, in wow. the province. So there's a chance there. we wouldn't get let. Yeah. We, there's a chance we wouldn't get let on. So uh, we <laughs> might have to cross that one off the list. <laughs> they let, they let a 74 Winnebago in. <laughs> that's, that's true um now the next one I, I believe this one was featured on your instagram live story i don't know what you guys were doing but i wanted to be a part of it was the and forgive my pronunciation links at bernelli oh bernelli. yeah links at bernelli. Bernelli. oh there's an o there sorry my mistake yeah. uh what's that course like is it is it a must play as well yeah for for h so halifax regional municipality hrm commonly that, that's kind of taken in bedford and dartmouth um, Bernello is the newest public course uh, facility okay. there, and it's a Thomas uh, McBroom design, and uh, extremely challenging, but manicured. Like the fairways there are about as as, as tight as your you know linoleum uh, flooring, 
and the greens are even faster. So Gibber will pass on this. One. Yeah, we, 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 we don't keep it in the fairway too often. Tom. So I don't think you like Cabot Cleston, Gibber. Maybe you should go to the links. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's well, awesome. Brunello is is spectacular. Uh, it's it's a parkland kind of it's it, it's, it's tree lined. Uh, a lot of elevation drops of sig- significant drops. Mm-hmm. A lot of lot of turns, and it's 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 awesome. My dad actually still works. He's cutting grass there. Oh, wow. there this morning. Yeah. So what was the, the the trip you got? There was a pile of you down there. Uh, and I, I saw the, some of the Instagram live was dark. You're hitting the little closest to contest. Was that like at the, like the, was there a cabin and stuff you guys were staying in? That was uh, actually on hole number four. And oh. yeah, <laughs> so, nice. and there, there's a, one of the neighbors there, Mark, he, he's, he has a, he had these uh, Adirondack chairs and, you know, the word was that he was, um, hitting from his place onto number four and using a kind of practice, you know, practicing there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Greenskeeper's dream there. <laughs> <laughs> and and the kicker is, so the, the GM, Miles, um, was was there that evening. And Chris was on my team, the, the head groundskeeper, so our superintendent. So we had all, all the big wigs there. So it was all above board. And uh, it was a great night. And then the sprinklers came on, unbeknownst to Chris, and we just kept on going. It was great. Oh. The old ninth green and nine trick. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like the best party I've never been invited to. That's for sure. It looked awesome. Garrison Brewery had, had gave us a couple kegs too. So it was it was a great time. Nice. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I will shorten up this list just a tiny bit. We'll, we'll yeah. uh, do uh, maybe three more. Uh, yeah. Glenn Arbor. Uh, have you ever played that track? Yeah. Yeah, I was there on Sunday. Def- um, oh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. We played a lot of golf. Yeah, no um, kidding. It hosted the ladies BMO um, in the LPJ, so mm-hmm. it was the only, uh, to my knowledge, it's the only national championship we've held. You know, either PJ or LPJ. We've had okay. skins events and stuff like that, and they also had a skins event at Glen Arbor. But um, it's it's a it's a much easier course in Brunello. And during the Canadian Amateur for the men's, there was a a seven shot. Um, difference between Glen Arbor and Brunello, just, just to give you an idea of how difficult Brunello is compared to Glen Arbor. Wow. Okay. So we're, we're Glen Arbor guys, Gibber. Simo, you can go play uh, Brunello. (laughs) Yeah. Uh You and play Brunello. Me and Rex will go lapping around. (laughs) Who's got the uh, lowest handicap? Well, well, we gotta get to that still. Yeah, okay. we'll we'll get to that uh, here shortly. <laughs> and then the last one I'll, I'll I won't keep off the list is uh, Ashburn. There's an old course and a new course, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, which one would you rather play? Um, old Ashburn was my barometer because I was on the ground screw there for a long time. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, you got and, some deep deep roots in uh, Nova Scotia for golf. Holy smokes! Oh, oh yeah, oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and that was a, a Stanley Thompson design as well. So. Yeah. Play the old course. You just can't beat it. Awesome. And have you ever played golf in Ontario? Is there some courses that uh, stand out to you here maybe? Yeah, I was pro at uh, Georgian Bay for a couple of years. So oh, man. Georgian Bay Club. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Up there with Colocassian. Love. Yeah, so that, that's one thing I wanted. I wanted to take kind of a step back. You know, life before Dormy. Uh, you did. You made a little run in the mini tour circuit. I think you played down down in Florida for a little while when you were in yep. Daytona. And, and then when you switched back, you know, I think, after that, you came and you're the pro at uh, you said Georgian Bay, um, 
And then, but now even still, you're playing, you still play all the PGA Atlantic events. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess talk us through the career progression now. Obviously, you know, Dormia is number one for you, but how did you go from, what was the decision to go play the mini tours in Florida, then to move back to, you know, Ontario, and then obviously coming back and still working through the PGA Atlantic events? Yeah, it all started, I think, as a kid. Um, I always wanted to be a pro baseball player. And then when that dream uh, kind of fizzled, and I was like, well, what's the next sport I could be a pro at? So then it just it just was kind of a progression of, uh, you know, I tried skiing, and, and that was great for six years, but just paid a toll on my body. And then uh, golf was like, man, the longevity is going to be awesome, and I've played it all my life. So um, there was a, a mentor, um, Gary Trenum, who runs a, a local piano store here in our city, and he used to run marathons, and he, he lost sight of both eyes, um, at a really young age. So and in two different separate accents, which is wow. like unheard of. Yeah. So he grew up as a child with sight and then, uh, lost, lost it. And dad was his running partner. And so they used to run, um, these huge, like crazy runs and dad would give them, um, signals using elbows. They were always kind of in contact when they were running and, and verbal stuff. Um, I remember telling Gary and he's very successful. He was the number one Yamaha dealer in Canada for just like decades. He still is. Um, and I said, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about trying to make it as a pro golfer. And, uh, he's like, well, you know, do you think you can do it? And I was like, probably, I, I really don't know. And he's like, well, what else would you do? And I'm like, I don't have any other plans, but it's really the only thing I, I want to do. And he's like, well, then you just, you got to go for it. And that was at Christmas time. And I moved to Florida, uh, I think it was January 2nd. Back up to Winnebago. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. Oh, man. A lot of a lot of decisions are based um on just our, our pursuit of um happiness, really. Like it's I don't want to do something that's not fun. But that that would be rule number one. Um the second one was that I always believed that the money would come if you really did believe in something or you really love what you were doing. Um, I never made a, a moral decision based on money, maybe ever. Um, maybe some, maybe in Vegas. I've, I've definitely made some decisions there on money. <laughs> some of those some of those are immoral though. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. If you've watched Instagram, you've seen a lot of that. Um, some of those stories really should have been deleted. Looking back. You got to keep them. <laughs> it's about the brand. It's about building yeah. the brand. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's maybe where that people understand. It's like, oh yeah, he really is like one of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, like a lot of it is is just trying to like you know. Now we've got a platform to actually help other people, and and um, that's why part of it is, and growing the game, we've been able to turn our passion from yeah we didn't make it as players, but we started up our own golf school as soon as we got back. And then we started up a junior program right away and had a, had a, a junior team for three years, uh, which we've had to disband. But once we did that, because we were just too busy, like we were teaching and doing dorm at the same time. And um, you can't be good at, you can be really good at one thing, but it's mm-hmm. really tough to be good at True. two things. And uh, so we, we decided to run some partnership stuff style. So we partnered with the NSGA um, and Golf New Brunswick, and then we got Golf Ontario this year, yeah. and we're targeting two more associations. So we're kind of moving laterally with our provincial association 
partnerships. Mm-hmm. So we got two more that we're going to be announcing here soon. And, um, and then we also have a, another PGA association that we're partnering with in the U S so that'll be, we have PGA Canada and PGA Atlantic on the professional side here. And we're going to be doing something very close to the new England area. Um, as a, and that, that, uh, is, is very new. So this is probably the first time anybody's even heard about it. Oh, that's super cool. cool. (laughs) Nice little inside look. Awesome. Uh, all right, Todd, we're going to move into our first segment here. What's your handicap? Kari's going to play a little music and then we'll introduce it to you. All right. What is your handicap? As a pro, we're, we're not professional. <laughs> uh, all right, Todd. Uh, so what's your handicap here is a segment we've been doing since the very start of the podcast. This is a fun segment. The thing in golf is you've been around the game a lot. You can just tell when you're on the range. You can look over at someone's pants, shoes, hat, head cover, and just in an instant <laughs> – you know what their handicap is. So, okay, so we're going to provide you with some scenarios here. We're going to go round table twice. We're going to put you in the spot at the end. Um, and you have to guess what this person's handicap is. So that person's a, a 10 plus. Or you could do a range. Like that's either a, a plus two or a 25. Okay? You're going to show me the pictures? No, we're going to explain. No, we're going to describe it for you. Okay, gotcha. Verbal right. explanations. All like right, it. so uh, what I'll do is I'll lead it off. I'll lead it off this week. We'll go uh, Jack O'Kari, and then we'll go rotate too. So uh, first one here for you, Todd, is you look over on the range, and the guy's using a sock for a head cover. That would be – he could be borderline plus. I would say plus okay. one, plus two. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Depends, on the, sock. Depends on the sock. Depends on the sock. Is that an Atlantic Canada plus? Uh, no, I would say – actually, you know what? If it was in Florida, um, it would be different than Atlantic Canada. The, right. you know, the sock is, is critical. Geography right. matters. I, I like important. the plus, though. I, we didn't say it had to be high, so no. I like that answer. All right, so this one, uh, you're playing with this guy, and, you know, he gets about the fifth hole, and you just happen to have a quick peek in his bag, and you notice that he's got a different seven iron than the rest of his irons, uh, and it has a different shaft, different grip, different head, the whole kit. Is it the other hand? Oh, no, man. it is not. It is not the other hand. It is the same hand. Good question. Yeah. That is a good question. Oh man, I would say that's probably anger management issues, and that's a guy I'd like to bet against. So he's probably a candy bagger, and uh, he's probably like a a solid seven eight. But he's going to say he's a two or three. Oh, I like. Okay, candy. I haven't heard candy bagger. Before. I have never heard candy bagger before. This is nice. We're getting some uh, Atlantic uh, golf lingo yeah. too. Fantastic. Nice little terminology. Okay, mine's pretty simple, and I have used this one before. We try and use a new one each time, but I feel like it's fitting. Is uh, you, you strap Buddy's bag on the cart right beside yours, and he doesn't have a single head cover on his bag. That's a that's a ten plus, fifteen plus. <laughs> that's an insult now. <laughs> <laughs> and also also my prime target <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. we're gonna have a really good conversation early early in the uh in the around the probably the second green you can write the round off because it's a business meeting at that point <laughs> you don't have to pay green fees 
All right. So uh, second one here for me. So you're on the range with this person. This person always tells you how good they played last week or how on like the fifth hole par five, it was into a gale force win and they knocked it on the green in two. So they always have a story about when you've never played with them, but they always play well when you're not playing with them. Yeah, that that's another person I like to, to bet money against. <laughs> and I love I love listening to all those stories. And um, it, that, that's usually the eight that says there are three and plays to an eight. And that's a candy bagger, right? We call it yeah. reverse bagger. So it's can- I might start no, using candy, candy bagger. Candy, What's candy I thought bagger? candy bagger was an assortment of clubs in the bag, like where you have like a different seven iron like we were talking about. Is that <laughs> what a candy bagger is? Or is well, it- they, they kind of like candy baggers just want to sweeten everything, right? So sweeten the um, pot. <laughs> they certainly sweeten what they actually shoot. They should probably sweeten their lies. They Everything's just so much sweeter in a candy bag. I like it. Uh, I, you know what? The best part is, is like, oh, yeah, I hit a seven iron here. It's like, well, I hit a six iron the other day. You know what I mean? They like kind of yeah, one up yeah. your story just a little bit. You're never good enough. They're, no, they're always no. one up enough. Yeah, that's great. They don't care what you have to say either, even if it is the truth. No. Oh, that's great. Gibber. All right. So I call this one Mr. Leadfoot. Uh, so before every shot, doesn't matter where they are, if they're, you know, before they're hitting off the tee, if they're in the fescue, in the fairway, they're taking their big old heavy foot, pressing her down right behind the ball, just to make sure it's got a nice little tee behind it. Hmm. Yeah. Those guys um, had an incident the other day. Didn't find out until later in the round that I, I actually looked over uh, and a ball got peeled off the edge of a sand trap. And, uh, which is basically like, you know, it's a pretty tough lie when you're on that. Is it, is it grass or is it in the trap? Well, it got rolled into grass and I, I noticed that move. And then I looked back again as I was heading down, I was playing new Ashburn and, I, and it's on the 18th hole. And I look up and I could see him hitting it again, like getting it into even better grass. And it was <laughs> oh a double. Yeah, it was a double. So that's <laughs> to me the same as, as the footprint, um, behind the ball. Like that's crazy. And, uh, you know, I, we had a, a pretty stern talking to in the parking lot after that incident because we were dormy and I was down. And, and uh, <laughs> a little bit of money on the line. There was some money on the line. He won, yeah. he won the back and overall because of that little move. Sounds like Patrick Reed. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like someone I wouldn't be playing with very often. Yeah. I'm glad there was a conversation to be had there. You're protecting, protecting the game. Um, is it my turn? Sorry, I lost yep. track there. Okay, my mistake. I was going to say Patrick Reed's got the, the lead wedge instead of the lead foot. He's got lead everything. He's got everything <laughs> yeah. in the bag. <laughs> um, and this one's a kind of a different approach to what's your handicap, but at, one, at what handicap would you feel that someone's allowed a custom yardage book? Ooh. Or maybe Ooh, how many man. rounds a year? Because that, oh. that's a tricky one when you're making an, a, a custom stuff in golf like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people now are just combining their scorecard and yardage books. So Ooh, it, yeah. it's kind of a hybrid product. We'll, we'll sell it to courses as a scorecard. And then there's mm-hmm. also a yardage book holder because as a player, most people are leaning towards the yardage book holders because they see it on TV mm-hmm. and they, they, they want to know, like you look at Bryson's and it looks like a Samsonite. Like, I don't know what is in the back there, but he's yeah. got, there's gotta be, I think he's got a golf digest in there, of, like <laughs> swing tips of how to hit it further. Like, yeah, it's on like, itself like it, yeah. <laughs> so big yeah i would say uh anybody that i would it would be hard to put a handicap on that i i would say anybody that's getting under the double digit would could utilize that so you know anything under 10 
Okay. Well, All right. That was a trickier right. one. I just wanted yeah, to yeah. See, see your reaction to it for sure. All right, Todd. And uh, now moving on, we're going to put you on the spot. So you got to come up with one for us. So this may be something you've seen. You've played a lot of golf. There are some things you can't say. So you can't say iron head covers, towel in the back pocket, or ball retriever in the bag. So excluding those three, try to come up with one for us here. All right. So Simo, I'll, Simo, I'll start with you. Um, well, you could just give, give one general one. Yeah, you, oh, one general? you can give one yeah, general yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys playing in rubber boots. <laughs> never seen it. Hey, never no. seen it. If I did uh, see it, it's wet. He's a grinder, so he's probably a 12, and he loves to get out there. That's my answer. Okay, I'm going to go on a different approach because this guy's going to be playing in the hurricane coming up, and he needs to lower <laughs> that handicap. I'm going to say he's single digit. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go a bit different. So I, uh, unlike you two, I have seen it. Uh, my parents own a golf course. It's not the country club per se. Let's, <laughs> we see some interesting folks out there. This guy is, we call it the classic uh, November player. He's got to play in every month. It gets wet and soupy out there. But in addition to the rubber boots, he's putting on a nice pair of blue jeans to get out there as well. Uh, oh, nice. Why not when it's pouring rain? Why wouldn't you wear blue jeans? Uh, so this guy for me, it's uh, it's an 18, but he's there every single day. He gets his money's worth, and he throws back at least six pints around. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of, of the three of you, Giver was the closest on the descriptive component. Um, the handicap, though, Simo, you 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 had said 10. Oh, I said 12. 12 and. Kerry, you, you had said low single digits, right? I said single digits player, yeah. Yeah, single digits player. Wow. Oh. And rubber boots. Wow. Nailed it. Well, that's why I said <laughs> yeah. 12, because I thought he loved to play, but I just he's don't. He's a Parsboro uh, legend. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. 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 The guy out. can play how many, pint, how many pints in a round for that guy? Minimum. Uh, it's in, he, doesn't, he doesn't drink on the course, oh, and wow. he only carries six clubs. Oh, that guy's <laughs> This man. guy is a, like a, yeah. a unicorn. To me, like, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I played with him once in a guy. tournament. I didn't. I didn't believe it. Yeah. Um, I didn't believe it was that good. And uh, two years ago, I got to play with him. Wow! And, uh, it was. It was really cool. Have what you a... made a head cover out of a rubber boot for him yet? Not yet. No, he still wears them. So you know, <laughs> technically, though, he's the kind of guy that wouldn't give them up either. Quality boot. Just one one pair, yeah. And like, oh. it's like the New Balance for uh, those white New Balances. You put the old ones in the in the box and pull out the exact same pair of the new one. <laughs> it's like the rubber boots. That's fantastic. Uh, Give her want to throw the final yeah. part of this. Yeah. So, so last part of the segment here, Todd. We we call it judging the book by its cover. So, you've never played golf with any of the three of us. You know next to nothing about us, but you got to give us a handicap and explain why just by looking at us. Well, there is a title assigned. And only one Ooh, of you yeah. have it. So Oof. usually that means there's some connection, some connectivity to the business, uh, whether it's a rep, could be a family member, it could be a friend. And uh, so you're you're asking favors, Gary, and or or you're the only smart one that said, "Hey, do you want to rent the space up behind my my mug here and uh, for ten bucks a podcast?" So <laughs> that's a great idea going forward. <laughs> yeah. Take it down right now, Gary. <laughs> they don't deserve that. <laughs> Be a dormy and, sign. Uh, yeah, so I, I I can't. I would say that Carrie, at least in the business side of it, he seems to have streamlined more so than Giver and Simo. Simo is a little bit more of that uh, that rubber booter fellow in terms of 
He's got the painting. I don't know whether he painted that himself or not. I'm a talented <laughs> individual here. You never know. I hope you did. So he could be that guy that goes out in the mornings and walks in bare feet while the dew is out and just trying to become one with nature. And uh, <laughs> so that would lower his handicap if he's out that early. Um, so I would say Simo has got a better handicap than Carrie. Let me put it that way. Now, Gibber is total flyer, flyer lie. Um, <laughs> as a flyer lie. Just, just him as a person or like his actual handicap? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, just like he's got the dad hat on, and it looks like it's a sword fisherman. Or what? what is that character on there? <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> Yeah, look okay. It's a it's a tiger tiger with oh, with the lighting. It, it, it looked like it was a fishing reel. That was it it actually did for a moment there when you said that. It made me laugh. Questioning. Yeah, okay, now the 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 trappings of the getting some fresh light in. Like I, I'm lucky I got the patio here, but it looks like you're in a basement possibly. Um, not all the way underground, so you've got like a curtain that's a boat to fall off, probably because <laughs> of the wind, and uh, you you have your your window open a fair amount. Now, there also appears to be a drywall that you painted yourself that you could use dry eraser on. So you're kind of a crafty person. So I'm thinking that you haven't updated your club in quite some time because you probably, you know, sharpen your own grooves, which is illegal. And you might be the guy that's stamping down that, that ball. So I think that you might be the one that I got to watch out for. So I'm going to say that Simo is probably the most honorable Carrie's definitely the smartest, and Gibber is just a flyer that I got to keep my eyes on at all time. <laughs> you are bang on. Yeah. Bang <laughs> on. What are the actual cats here? I'd say that with those illegal grooves, somehow you've manufactured your 13 down to about a, a 9.75. Oh, uh, you credit Gibber. I like that. Simo, uh, with the artistic. You know, walking in the dew with his bare feet and stuff. I'm going to say that he could be four-ish, maybe down to Take a three. It. Take it. Wow. Carrie, though, like, I don't know whether he's buying those handicaps or not. Like, you know, is he is he getting favors from people? And he's probably got some gadgets that he's working on his swing with, and he's got the perfect putting thing in his, in his basement. So he's probably under five as well. Okay. I will say this. We're going to make you listen. Yeah, not bad. We're going to make you listen to one of the other episodes to get our actual handicaps. We're all within probably four shots of each other, and Simo is a plus handicap. I will say that. Simo's well, plus. I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to say one thing. Uh, Why do you so have a whiteboard I... behind you? I've never noticed that before. <laughs> For the day job. It's the <laughs> 9 to 5. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so the one thing I'm going to say, Todd, uh, you were just a hair wrong. Uh, you owe me a Golf Ontario head cover. Because uh, I may have happened to win a provincial championship before, and I'd like, I'd like one. I'd like one. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe oh, Gibber's popping his own tires like that I before. Or Look at right that. Now, anyway, it's just regrettable. And it was over. It was <laughs> over uh, Corey Connors and Mackenzie Hughes too. So really, you're gonna have to give those guys an apology as well. Oh man, <laughs> I'm digging in deep here. <laughs> And I wouldn't hate a golf Ontario. No, give her. You know what? You could be. I'll give you the link to the website. How about that, buddy? <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh man, that's good. All right. No, those are those are entertaining. I appreciate that. Like when you get the guests get to go at us a little. bit. Those are good. So, uh, what I kind of want to lean into now, fellas, is uh, we have a little something cooked up here. We do. Yeah, Gibber, I'll let you. Right. I'll let you lead here. So yeah. So we do have uh, a head cover dropping soon, thanks to uh, our man here, Todd Bishop, uh, and and the boys at Dormy. So it's 
an absolute fire cover. Uh, it is, it's in play for me and Simo already. Rick's lives in Thunder Bay, so it's actually sitting behind me, waiting for him. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, by the way. No, we'll bring me right when we get off. You're going to see it Friday. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we got head covers dropping soon. So we're going to run a little contest. Uh, I'll, I'll let Simo and, and Todd kind of touch a little bit more on the contest. I'm not a huge social media guy. Uh, I let the boys drive the bus on that. But the covers are unbelievable. The craftsmanship, the attention to detail, and it increased my style points uh, from a zero to at least a six. So uh, um, yeah, it's unbelievable. The work you guys did was fantastic. But I'll let let Simo take it over and uh, tell us how we're going to do the little giveaway on the pod. All right. Yeah, super simple, everyone. Just follow us on Instagram. We're going to run everything through our Instagram account. Uh, Dormy and I, you'll see uh, us post about it. Uh, If you don't follow us on Instagram, it's at Sunday Red Pod. So make it super simple. But uh, Todd, thanks so much for doing that for us. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's great. We love uh, running contests, especially with other Canadian up-and-comers like you guys. And and, uh, you got to beat the Canadian drum, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And if you guys haven't seen, you know, Dormy and haven't visited their website, dormyworkshop.com. These guys have some unbelievable head covers. And Todd, we can't thank you enough for taking time out of your schedule, sharing your story with us, having a little fun. We really do appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me on. Can't believe you guys had listened to me for this long. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, it's always oh, amazing. No, Todd, again, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. But And for, for your listeners, if you don't like the Sunday Red cover and you want something a little more personable, just message uh, the custom workshop. Put your own design in. They're going to make you something that you won't regret. It's going to be, it's going to last for years and years and years and years. And you can get rid of the the, the shitty old head covers you got now and put something fire on the bag. You're going to drop the handicap by at least three, minimum. minimum. Oh, yeah. Appear- oh, yeah. Appearance-wise. <laughs> yeah, you guys never asked me what the handicap of, of somebody with a dormy head cover would be. We should have oh, done that. Yeah. We should have done that. We'll, but, we'll fill it in right now. We'll, 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 before we sign off, if you have a, if you pull up, the guy doesn't know you, say let's personally, or doesn't recognize you. You don't have the hat on, and he has a fresh dormy head cover on. And you ask him, like, where'd you get it from? What, what do you assume that guy's handicap is? Let's say you're playing a stroke play tournament. Well, a lot of those covers are are earned, so they're badges of honor. Um, so you got to be really cautious. So you got to you got to keep your eyes peeled. And that, so there, there's some dead giveaways on when you're when you're doing your NASA's now. If you see a provincial cover on there, they probably want it, and you don't want to have anything to do with those guys. We'll be asking for a lot of shots. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great inside look. Todd, thank you so much. When we uh, plan our little golf trip out east, uh, hopefully in somehow, some way, we become in contact with you, or at least you can give us a mapped out uh, way of how we should play the golf courses in the province, and we appreciate your time. Yeah, if you come to Halifax, we'll definitely get over around. Uh, get me out of the awesome. office. All right, everybody. That's it for today's interview with Todd. Uh, Todd's a great guy. Different interview. Hey, Rex, but overall, as an A. Yeah. Um, so you could, t- you could tell why Todd's successful. He thinks different than other people. He has got that like unique golf approach when he's talking about like a little bit of surfing, a little bit of golf, having those casual rounds, making things in golf that like are important to all of us and like, and exponentially growing them into like a little event that everyone cares about. You can see why Dormy's doing such a great job. And for anyone that hasn't checked out their website, I, I encourage you big time, whether it's our, our head cover coming out, I don't know if that's a sneak peek or not, but or or their uh, their custom head covers that they've made previously. Um, they're doing a phenomenal job, and they're only make only going to be growing until they're in everyone's bag that cares about golf. Essentially, uh, he yeah. yeah, 
he broke I mean, it down nicely. Like you have a two hundred dollar driver, throw a seventy dollar head cover on it. Sure, you're the the lower price point person. But I know people that pay twelve hundred dollars for a custom driver and a custom fit. Yeah, you wanna you want a head cover. You want to show that pride, whether it's uh, where you're from, what kind of golf course you play, if you want a golf Ontario Championship or a, a golf Canada Championship. Let's say um, there's huge draw towards that, and I think they've done an unbelievable job at exposing that market in Canada. And uh, we recently saw they paired with TaylorMade for the U.S. Open, making those Lady Liter- Liberty uh, head covers that are just blowing up, and they they were exclusive, like you said, to only um u.s open tour players and their contest winners so that uh that handmade um that handmade product creates that demand and uh i think they have that uh, market by the balls 100 percent. and as you'll see or actually as you would have seen because this is wednesday uh the quality of head cover that that's on our bags kari myself and gibber uh awesome quality head cover like just pure leather and even if you don't grab an SRP head cover, like you go and custom customize your own one with your home club or put something that's like important to you on it. These things are nice and you can tell they're going to last. Like it's not a head cover, like a lot of head covers I buy, you can just feel like this is going to last like two years. Yeah. Uh, but this one, this one's going to last a really long time. Just really solid quality. Well, to, to put it in perspective, a call went to go show me the head cover and I smelt it before he brought it near me. I'm like, <laughs> It's like that's a new pure, car, right? That's pure leather. Like exactly like a new car. Uh, pure leather. <laughs> you, get into, you get into a nice Lamborghini, which I've never been in, but I'm assuming that that leather smells like a Lamborghini leather. Yeah, I'd like to agree. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into the PGA Tour event this week. Uh, yep. Call, you want to preface it? Yeah, Sanderson Farms. Sanderson Farms is a Mississippi country club of Jackson. So it's in Jackson, Mississippi. Last year's winner, Sebastian Munoz, won in a playoff over Sung M. Year before Ryan Armour, year before that, yeah, I got all this popped up. Cody Gribble, how about that name? You know what's the, sad that I, I he must have won won that on the Corn Fair Tour. I think that switched over the events because I don't think Gribble's got a PGA Tour win. I do, you, you don't have to look it up. I, I could be completely wrong. Xander Shoffley T five, like a lot okay. of big names in here. So it was a PGA Tour event. I apologize. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I I said this to you and Gibber earlier. I don't follow. Uh, fall season golf as much as I do the regular regular event uh, Sanderson Farms I do I do remember the track I don't know much about it other than being like um, uh, it's pretty open to the driver I think there's room uh, there's room in the fairways or whatever and they're they're big greens but um, uh, shocker if you hit it close to the pin uh, most of the time ball striking wins at this tournament yeah and you look at like Munoz Sung Jai last year, great ball striker. Ryan Armour won the year before by five. All these guys are really good ball strikers, so I think that's what we're looking for this year. So leaning into that, let's jump into our picks. And you know what Munoz we're starting been with? has, has yeah. been on a heater throughout the playoffs. That guy, like since he had that birdie streak, like seven birdies to start the round, that guy's been sneaky on fire. He just hasn't pieced it together yet. He has been sneaky on fire. Yeah. And uh, you know what? We're jumping right into the picks. You know who we're starting with this to, uh, this week? Gibber. We're starting with Gibber's picks. Oh, yeah. Did he give an explanation or just send names like he always does? Uh, you know what? He, uh, I'm going to give a little explanation for him. Oh, okay. Perfect. Do you know why he picked these people or are you just making this up? I'm just completely making this up. I but love I do that. Have this. I'm going to start with the struggle pick because he has a little insight yeah. in the struggle pick. So his reason for the struggle pick is because he has the worst haircut on the DraftKings app. I, I know who it is. Who? 
the worst haircut on the PGA Tour is J.B. Holmes. And that's exactly who his struggle pick is this year. Yeah, His wife home. cuts his hair with a salad bowl. <laughs> COVID hit and nothing changed for him, eh? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Hon, you're going to have to cut my hair again. <laughs> JB Holmes is going to struggle this week solely because of his haircut. But you know what? He hasn't been playing great golf either. I'm, yeah, I'm not a huge JB Holmes fan, but whatever. But uh, JB Holmes is a struggle pick this week. Sleeper. I don't know if you can call this a sleeper, but he's going with the Iceman. Henrik Stenson. Um, I picked him to struggle last week, last and not win. I think this guy's trying to play his way into form because they, they had the summer off or whatever. He's yep. kind of flipped the script as far as like his starts go because he's not notorious like a big starter or whatever. Um, or like he plays into form. And I think he's using this time. Once again, I don't think he's going to win, but I'm glad he's playing because he's one of my he's top three favorite golfers for me. You know what? If there's anyone who gets hot... Like the Iceman comes in, Hank comes in, firing. So I actually think that's a really good sleeper pick this week. Winner, Gibbert on every single one of these picks. Always picks an SRP guest. Who's he picking this week, Rex? Ooh. Canadian. It's got to be Mac Hughes. You know, he's in the going field? Nick Taylor. Oh. Wild card. Sorry, I, yeah, I didn't realize he was in the field. Sorry. He's Nick Taylor Nick. for sure hasn't read the match. If for our OG no. listeners that have listened to that podcast, we sent him a book. <laughs> No chance he's read it. And he's I, not you know what? It. And once he does, he, he'll be like, oh, I wish I read that earlier. Well, it's a tournament that he won. He, he'll be all over that once he reads that. Yeah. 100. He just and you know what? never will. You know what I think? You know what I think Gibber's kind of hinting here? A little bit of a tease on the, on the, you know, kind of the, the travel on the flight to Sanderson. Nick read the book. <laughs> Nick's, Nick's reading the book as I speak right now. He's in the hotel room. He's reading the book, and he's going to be inspired, and he's going to come out firing. That's Gibbert. That's what I mean, I, I totally get why Gibbert picked Nick Taylor now. That book's probably in the fireplace in his North Vancouver mansion right now, but that's okay. <laughs> Gibbert, not bad picks. I hope Nick Taylor does well. Not quite informed, but, like, I mean, he's he's a guy that doesn't need to be informed to come out and light yeah. it up. He's he can so get hot. Yeah. Yeah. Who, um, who you got this week? There's Indy. And uh, what's up, Bindi? Love ya. Um, I'm just doing this completely off the cuff, and I'll start with my uh, my. Uh, whew, is it a sleeper pick? This is a tough one because I'm going with. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm going with my winner first, and I'll go okay. with the second worst haircut on the PGA Tour is Sung Jae Im. And okay, uh, that's fair. <laughs> he's been he's been playing well. Um, and so that's uh, your winner this week, Sung Jae. Yeah, and uh, the fact that he's played well here before, he's starting to get used to courses. We know he had like 33 starts the previous year, uh, playing a ton of golf. And I th- I think he's found his ball striking, and I think he could ball strike his way to a point where he, d- he can putt average like he usually does and, and, and possibly win this event. Give my sleeper, and I, I think it's a pretty standard sleeper, and he's been on the top of a lot of leaderboards. Is Doc Redman. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for no other reason than uh, I, I like his game and he, he plays well. Like I said, I haven't followed the event too much. And Doc Redmond's five on the power rankings right now. So it looks like a good sleeper pick. Oh, and he, I, see, I didn't look at the, the power rankings, but that guy's got tons of game. And I don't have a struggle pick. Sorry. I don't have one this week. Yeah. Kari's got no struggle pick this week. So no hot takes. Uh, my winner this week, Kari, I feel like every week we have the same pick somehow whether it's a sleeper, whether it's a struggle. But this week, I'm going Sung Jai. He lost here in a playoff last year. Which I think means... you just copy my picks. I think I'm going to start... No, you've been I saying first. them first recently. Oh, yeah. Right. 
I've been saying him first. So, I mean, I'm going Sung Jai for one reason and one reason only. He finished, he lost here in a playoff last year. And actually at Wingfoot, he finished tied 22nd. Um, But one of the like real cool stats about him playing Wingfoot is uh, he ranked second in fairways hit and co-led green regulation. But you don't have to hit fairways at Wingfoot. I know, but which means he strikes the golf ball really well. Yeah, he always you know? does. Yeah, he just fucking. I'm with you on that. I was just bugging you about the fairways hit. Yeah, I feel you. He, uh, I feel like he's going to find his putter. I feel like he's starting to get in a little bit of a groove back to where he was before pre-pandemic stage. So I'm going with Sung Jai, uh, my sleeper pick this week. I'm going right back to the well. I'm going Will Zalatoris. Nice Pro- top five favorite to win. Yeah, you know what? And he admitted after this week. Uh, at T, like his T6 at Wingfoot, that he was gassed and he still finished with a 65 and finished T8. Yeah. <laughs> this past week. Play. So this he guy can... could completely play. And he, I think we mentioned this before, this guy may not lose a start on the PGA Tour. He may just have a full time status coming up here based on his, his performance. And I don't know how exactly that's working heading into next year because I know the the up and down isn't the same like it previously has. I know if you finish top ten, which you won't continue for like till twenty twenty one, it's just like impossible to do. Uh, so yeah. he won't like compound his starts, but at some point he has to earn exemption, right? Yes, at okay. some point he has to earn an exemption. Um, but yeah, I see. Will he? He's super consistent. You've seen it all year, even on the Corn Ferry Tour. I feel like Corn Ferry Tour guys. Is it just me? There's like five guys who consistently show up in the top five every week. Well, Pender's been inside the top five since we started this podcast. Like every time I look, like even Paul Bargin, a lot of those names. You know, we'll get out. him. We'll get yeah. him. All these guys keep consistently popping up, which means they're absolute players. Nothing against. They're just having great years. So I'm picking Will as uh, my sleeper this week. My struggle pick. We did this before with a winner, but I'm going Hudson Swafford as my struggle oh, okay. pick. Um, I think he's coming off in the bottle. Yeah. You know what? I, I think he just kind of found it after a win. Sometimes if you've never won, like it can kind of be a little bit draining for you. Uh, sometimes you get complacent too, because you kind of know your starts are set for the next couple of years. So this immediate next event could be something where he's not putting in as much work the the focus quite isn't there so I, i'm suspecting that hudson's going to struggle this week he may make the cut um because he's playing that good but i see outside of a top 30 for sure i hope gibber watches golf this week or i hope he did last week so he has something to tune in because we this is our this is our playing season we're all in town together we got to play golf so um i don't we'll know have how. a big we'll have a big we have some big things to talk about after our friday event let's say that for everyone yeah, that's true. We're, we're, we are playing in a, we're playing in a tournament, scratch event at Cherry Hill, better ball event, and uh, all the SRP boys are there. There's something on the line, let's just say that. Um, Big things. But I don't, I don't know how Hudson Swafford won this week. I don't know how like his putting was or how his driving was. So it's like really – and I know you feel the same way. It's really tough to tell you if he's going to struggle or not. But like, I, don't, I don't mind the take. It's t- – it's tough. We live in a weird world where like they, after winning, he might just be going to the next event. Like he didn't even win the event. Like, you know what I mean? We'd be celebrating, but like it's, we live in a different world right now. Yeah. I just think sometimes it's like mentality guys who may be a little bit more established when they win, say someone like Bryson, 
fully suspect Bryson, the next event he comes out, it's going to be fully focused just as always and play great. Just You're a Bryson of, fan, man. It drives man. me nuts. You said you weren't. You're not, you, like the two podcasts ago. You're like, I'm not the biggest Bryson guy. You're the biggest Bryson. I'm turning. Guy. Don't lie to our listeners. That dial is turned. That I know, dial is turning. I know it's turned before we started this. You've always been a Bryson fan. Yeah, I may have. <laughs> I may have always been a Bryson fan. I know you have been. That's okay. Everyone uh, chirps him know. for the slow play, but I get it. He was slow for a few events, but he's the man. I was thinking before we close this out, I was thinking like you would you care enough about golf to change your body like he has? Because he looks like a Pillsbury Doughboy in those Puma shirts. I don't care about golf enough to change my body like that. I want to look like Camilo Vajegas. You know what? I feel like if I was a professional right now, I would do it. There's no way Bryson's getting kills. (laughs) I don't think he cares to. I think really? he's rocking. I think he's rocking his milkshake, and he's having a rough time on dates. You want to know why? He's got a brutal body. Protein shakes, like... protein farts are a real yeah. thing. And he, he liked your he liked your post call about protein farts. He does. So you know that he's laughing about it because he knows it's real. So that's an that's an unattract protein farts. I don't care how much you work out. I will fucking we're gonna we're gonna vote. We're gonna get some females here. We're gonna place a vote. I guarantee they don't find that attractive. We don't have a huge female following, but like the eight that do follow us, maybe maybe a little chime in. They're but like, I don't think that's it. I think there's like, I wouldn't change my body to be that thick just for golf. No chance. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about about that is after he won, like if Penny won, Penny may have forty eight beers that night. Maybe more. I maybe would. More. I would argue the over on that one. <laughs> like he's gonna go and uh bryson won and he's talking oh i don't drink but i'm gonna be having a lot of chocolate milks no that's rough no, that's not a guy i'm hanging out with that's for sure that's rough but i like and, watching him <laughs> i don't you're you're bryson fan. that's okay you can drink chocolate milk with him uh quick mention uh chase johnson played phenomenal in the car yes. car fair tour this week as well finished uh t16 um after his uh second uh his second place finish or whatever he needed to get a few more points on the on the corn ferry and he had a great finish fired one under on a tough day on sunday as well to solidify that top 20 uh we're super happy for him as well and he's like one guy that supports us over and over again so we got to give him a little show we love you chase and uh that's it that's it rex let's cut her off here everyone hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did hit that subscribe button follow us on instagram we'll be back next week with gibber until then keep swinging